listening to On the Road with Mike and Andy, Australia's number one weekly podcast made for Aussie truckies by Aussie truckies. On the Road is proudly brought to you by Queensland Rail, committed to improving safety through engineering, innovation and education. Go to www.qr.com.au. G'day and welcome to this special bonus episode of On The Road, brought to you exclusively by our sponsor and partner Queensland Rail. In this show, Mike's joined by QR's Day of Operations coordinator Joel Burge, who shares with us how Queensland Rail works hard behind the scenes to keep us all safe on the road and to keep the trains running. Here's the chat that Mike and Joel had recently. You all know that Andy and I have been getting the safety message out there with Queensland Rail. We've been talking about level crossings. We've been talking about bridge strikes. Now, Joel Burge, the Day of Operations Coordinator at Queensland Rail, he's in the control centre. He's the man that makes some decisions and gets things going when things go sideways, I suppose. (laughs) Joel, welcome to the show, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm great. Thanks for having me. So you're the guy that wears the blue pants with the black tails and the white <laughs> shirt, the bow tie and the little bowler hat, right? Is that you? Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Heard that one before. That's me little Jake out of the way. Sorry to disappoint. <laughs> All right. You obviously haven't always been doing that job at Queensland Rail. Where did you start? When I first joined, I did the train control school. Yeah. Once I finished the train control school, I was uh, lucky enough to go into the rail operations response unit for about a year and a half, which was great because I came from external with no rail background or experience. So that gave me the chance to get to know the network and see how things were done from the perspective of the field. Then I went back into the control center, learned a fair few of the boards, was doing that for about five or six years, stepped up to the supervisor role. And now the day of operations coordinator sits above that and oversees. Basically, you're the linking position for the centre. Yep. So you're overseeing the day of operations, any out of course and network incidents, coming up with plans and giving them the tick of approval and communicating that information to the internal and external stakeholders. So you started out and did your training and you went into the rail operations response group. So what's that? What does that job entail? Uh, They're basically the eyes and ears from the operations perspective so they can assist with any incidents on the network and communicate back to the control centre what's actually going on and what things look like from out in the field. Righto. So you get out there and you have a bit of a walk around, you talk with the police or whoever else is there and you're trying to work out what's going on and they're saying, oh, we can get this truck out from under here and you know we can just back it out and everything will be fine and making sure the thing gets inspected. Just basically doing all that human interaction at the actual scene of the incident. Correct, yeah. They're like the on-site coordinator. Righto. You didn't just step into that role, though. Surely there's several of you that go out. It's not just you on your own in the ute with the shovel, is it? That's right, yeah. So I was in the control school and learned all the safety standards. Yeah. And then when I went out into that role, there was obviously mentors with far more experience in operations that you kind of learned the skills from. So, like, it's a case of you've got to learn what you can and can't do and what's practical and what's not, learning from the experience of other people. I notice Queensland Rail seem to do that a lot, the mentorships. Is that something you find works? Absolutely. Yeah. For sure. It's a great way to learn. Any experience that you can get out of someone else that's more experienced is great. So you moved up from there and you you said that you went into the control room and you were talking about working the boards. Is that like 
a video screen? Is it like a train set sort of a thing? Is it a video game? What's the story? What are you talking about working the boards? Yeah, it's similar to air traffic control. So right. if you've seen any of the movies with trains in them, like the taking of Pelham 1, 2, 3 or any of those movies where there's a big mimic panel and then separate control boards for different parts of the network. Yeah. It's just like that. There's 10 different control boards for the Brisbane suburban area in the rail management centre in Brisbane. Yeah. And they basically are different areas of the network broken up and we control the trains remotely from those boards. Right. So that team member that's sitting there watching the board and coordinating the movement of the trains in their area of responsibility... They're in direct communication with the train drivers that they're controlling? Correct, that's right, with train control radio. So it's the responsibility of the drivers to drive the trains, obviously. Yeah. The controllers are the ones who will ensure it's safe for them to drive the trains and clear the signals for them. Righto, so if you're going to change from one line to another line, obviously, you know, we've all seen on the telly where the points click across. But who actually does that? Who moves those points? That's the train controller. Oh, right. So we just go, oh, we're going to go from track A to track B, and we need to flick that switch across there, and it all needs to happen before the train actually gets there, obviously. Correct. And obviously, there's a projection about where the trains are going to be and what other things that they're going to encounter, stations that they're going to go through and all that sort of thing. Correct. Hmm. To break it down simply, there's basically the timetable of all the trains, which is printed onto a train control diagram that sits in front of each controller. Yeah. And then... They basically follow that timetable on their diagram to know where on what lines trains need to run and set the signals for the trains that correspond with that timetable. So this controller job is a fairly big deal, really, isn't it? It's not something you can do while you're talking to mum on the mobile. Correct. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What I mean to say is it's a fairly high-pressure sort of environment, I'd imagine. If you've got a busy day happening and you're trying to get things from where they need to be, Obviously, someone who might come into your environment and do something a little bit silly, like, I don't know, drive under the Muriel Avenue rail bridge and give that a good belt with their pan, that's going to make your day a little bit more complicated, isn't it? Absolutely. It's already pretty, I won't say stressful, but you definitely need to be focused for just normal day-to-day of operations. Yeah. And then there's a heightened level of focus that's required when there's anything out of course or any incidents. Yeah. Obviously, you've got procedures and they're in place and obviously the worst time to make a decision about anything is when it's all gone sideways. That's not the right time to be making decisions about what to do. You've got procedures for what happens when someone smacks into Muriel Avenue again. That's right. Obviously, you just go through the numbers and deal with whatever's happened there. What is it, 279, 80 protection beams being hit? Yep, that's right. For the last financial year, I think it was 279 protection beams. So not the actual bridge itself, but there's obviously some bridges that have the protection beams installed. Yeah, be that as it may, it's still way too many because every single one of these things is avoidable, isn't it? That's right, yeah. Then out of those, I know the 65 actual low-clearance bridges that were struck, not just the protection beam, but the bridge itself. So you're the day of operations controller, as you said, there's, uh, what did you say, there's 10 boards for the greater metropolitan area of Brisbane, is that what you said? That's right, yeah, for the Brisbane Suburban Network, which is basically from Varsity Lakes and Ipswich and Cleveland all the way through to Tamaree, which is just north of Gympie North, Yeah. and all of the branch lines, Fernie Grove, Shorncliffe, Airport, Doombin. Wow, so you've got these guys and there's a couple of supervisors that oversee them and you're the guy that oversees the whole thing and you're sitting there with the big picture having a bit of a look at what goes on. Yeah. When someone smacks into Muriel Avenue for the second time this month, 
what happens, mate? What's the first thing that goes through your mind when someone rings you up or one of your train drivers says someone's just hit the bridge? What happens, mate? Tell me about what you do. So basically the simplest process is stop trains. So if a bridge has been struck, yep. we stop trains until a certified bridge inspector can be arranged to inspect it and make sure it's safe for rail traffic. Yeah. But a bridge strike can be reported in a number of ways. So like you said, either from a member of the public via the emergency hotline or a train driver or another Queensland Rail employee out close by. Yeah. There's also a position in the Rail Management Centre called the Network Shift Asset Manager. There's certain bridges that will have monitoring equipment on the beams and the bridges themselves as well as CCTV. So they may receive some kind of a notification through their system. Yep. And the process is whichever way it's reported or however we find out about it, then the Network Shift Asset Manager will assess that area if they can via the monitoring equipment. If they can't, it's just stop all trains basically over that bridge until such time that it can be inspected. Yeah. We might get lucky in some instances where if they can see it, it might just be a, a very small vehicle. It barely makes contact and we might be able to travel at a reduced speed. Or it might be lucky enough that they've just, from our point of view at least, that they've just hit the protection beam and rail traffic doesn't need to stop. Yeah, right. In any case, it ends up being a bit of a nightmare for the person that did it because the fines, as we know, are north of $11,000, absolutely eye-watering. Yeah, obviously, there's all the insurance implications for people that hit it. Apart from the fact that they could well be injured or worse, yep. Queensland Rail takes its responsibility seriously with the, all the safety protection for the level crossings and the bridges. Absolutely. When we spoke with Jen Carl about the protection for the level crossings, boom gates that come down and all the sensors, and you've talked about sensors on the overheads as well. Do you think that there's anything left that you can do? Obviously, education of the public is the next thing, but there's really not much more you can do, is there? Yeah, that's right. Basically, I was going to say what you said. Mm. Get messages out like forums like this for people to realise that a little bit of common sense and planning their routes ahead can save a lot of heartache for not only them and their wallet, but other motorists and commuters on trains that could potentially be delayed. Mate, we're just going to nip off and have a quick break and hear from Queensland Rail and the fantastic ad that Andy and I put together. We'll be right back after the break. Copy there, Andy. Gotcha, go. Better throw out those anchors, buddy. The traffic's at a standstill up here. I reckon some clown's got himself stuck under the Dunlop Terrace Railway Bridge again. Again? Maybe he was delivering a bridge and ran out of diesel. Yeah, that's no joke, really. According to Queensland Rail, there's been 65 bridge strikes and around 280 of those protection beams hit on the Queensland Rail network in the last financial year. With the fines around 11 and a half grand, you'd think drivers would make a point of knowing the height of their truck. The fines are one thing. More to the point, these people are risking their lives and putting others in danger. Yeah, roger that. Maybe Queensland Rail should do some kind of educational advertising to warn drivers about the danger of bridge strikes. They are, mate. Why do you think we're recording this? <laughs> oh, yeah. They're smart people at Queensland Rail. Yeah, good looking too, just like us. This safety message is brought to you by Queensland Rail as a reminder to us all that size matters. Know your trucking height. We're back with Joel Burge. You work in the nerve centre, mate. Obviously, it's an interesting job. It's not an everyday job. I mean, when you go to parties, mate, they say, what do you do for a job? What do you say? 
I kind of use the analogy like you did at the start with air traffic control. <laughs> I know. If I say I'm a train controller, people think, oh, yeah, so you drive the trains? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, I basically just say it's similar to air traffic control, but for the trains. I'd be just going straight with the thing that I'll wear the tails, the red bow tie and the bowl of hat, mate. And they'd get it then, wouldn't they? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. You know Thomas the Tank? Just watch that. <laughs> just watch that. I'm the guy that wears the bowl. That's me. Oh. <laughs> I've heard it all before many times. So did you have any fascination with trains as a kid? Did you play with train sets and stuff? Oh, not really. I did used to catch the train to school. Right. I did always used to wonder how they operated. Yeah. How it all worked. But never really had a kind of a keen interest. Just was lucky enough to finish my studies and get into a, a great job. I was looking for something where I could kind of use my skill set and my experience that I already had. And yeah, Queensland Rail ticked the box. Yep. So you don't have a train set out in your garage now, do you? <laughs> no. There are guys at work that do, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they are. They're living the dream. Yeah, that's right. They're not going to work. They're going to do what they love. Yeah, so when you're looking at the screen and you're seeing everything going on, obviously you've been sitting there looking at these things for a while. Yeah. It'd be like me driving down the road and the truck starts to make a little bit different noise. You pick it up pretty much straight away. Can you look at the screen and go, hang on, that doesn't look right? Yeah, to a degree, depending on what's going on and what the incident is. Yeah, there's different cues that we can pick up on. Yeah. It's usually reports from train crew or... This is for bridge strikes at least. There's not too much of an indication we got on the controller screen for that. That's more the monitoring equipment or the reports from the public or the train crew when it comes to bridge strikes. Yeah, right. Yep. But yeah, there's plenty of things involved in our job where we'll know before anyone else. Yeah. Especially if it's in relation to signaling or the overhead or things like that. Yeah. So in the times like you know, you've recently had in the last couple of years, there's been obviously flooding up there. Rock Lee gets a good drenching every now and again. How much does that mess with your day? Yeah, I was actually on for the most recent floods, and it was, for lack of a better word, it was a bit of a nightmare. We basically had to shut the network. Yeah, right. It was too dangerous to run rail traffic by the end. Yeah, right. Too many lines covered. How deep does it have to be? I mean, once it comes up to the tracks, I mean, that's pretty much it, wouldn't it be? Yeah, there's different levels, and that's within our safety standards as well. But basically, once the water's above railhead, yeah, right. Especially when you're considering where it's electric trains too that are travelling on electric power. Yeah, so by railhead you mean the top of the line? Correct, the top of the rail, yeah. Yeah, that the train actually runs on. Yeah. Particularly in Queensland, I know we've been working a lot on floodproofing things and as you head north out of Brisbane and you're heading towards far north Queensland, there are some areas that are more flood prone than others. Maybe I'm asking you a question you can't answer, but is there some sort of a contingency plan for what you do when you get struck with these weather incidents? Yeah, so basically I can't speak for the northern areas. Yeah. They're kind of out of our control, but yeah, sure. for the Brisbane suburban area, hmm. we obviously are monitoring the bomb advice for weather and mornings, communicating with rail traffic crew. And there's also monitoring systems in different areas that are prone to flooding that we monitor so we know when to stop trains and where to stop trains, that sort of thing as well. Yeah, and so you can sort of stack them and pack them and keep them waiting, I suppose. That's about the only thing you can do, really, isn't it? Yeah, when there's flooding involved, pretty much all we can do is basically just where can we stop trains and where can they still safely run, turn back and continue to run. Yeah, yeah. It's similar for bridge strikes as well. If the case is that we do have to stop trains, yeah, it'll be dependent on basically what time of day it is, how many trains are around. If it's peak time, then it's obviously a little bit more stressful. Yeah, how far away the certified bridge inspector is from getting there. So 
all of those things come into play for our decisions on what we're going to do, whether we just keep trains where they are safely at platforms until we can get going again or whether we start turning back and going on ultimate routes. Hmm. So there's, I suppose there's a whole heap of practical considerations as well. I mean, if you've got a train load of passengers, obviously you don't want to risk them or the train. Are there toilets on trains up there? There are in the Brisbane suburban area. There's certain types of rolling stock that have toilets on them, yeah. Trains is not something I do. The last time I was on a train, it was in Japan. Okay. It's just one of those things. It just crossed my mind just then. I mean, if you decide to stop the train, there's bound to be someone on there that's going to get caught short. Yeah, so in any situation where we do need to stop trains, Mm -hmm. our priority is to obviously ensure that the trains are safely at a platform. Yeah. And if not, if it's unfortunate that they do get stuck mid-section, so between two stations, Mm. then the priority is to try and ensure that that train can return to a station, however it can, safely, or be evacuated. Right. That's kind of a last-case scenario because there's other risks and safety concerns that come into play if it needs to be evacuated. Of course. Obviously, you don't want people stranded mid-section somewhere for a considerable amount of time. Yeah. That's what I was fishing for. Well done, young man. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's just one of those things, isn't it? I mean, there are a whole heap of sort of real-life issues that can be affected by something you know, we would regard as an insignificant thing that you see on the news at 6 o'clock at night. Some truck driver or someone with their rented removal van has done something brain-dead and hit an overpass. Yep. But what that means for Queensland Rail as an organisation and what it means for the travelling public who are inconvenienced by this whole sideshow some people would say $11,500 fines nowhere near enough for the inconvenience that it causes everyone in the community. Yeah, accidents happen, but all of them can easily be avoided, can't they, with yeah, yeah. just some simple planning and kind of not taking shortcuts and knowing the height of your vehicle and where you can drive, what route to take. Yeah. Yeah, because like you said, there's first of all the embarrassment of doing it and then mm. the delays and chaos it causes on the roads as well as potentially on the railway line. Oh, no, it's not a phone call I'd like to make to the boss. <laughs> yeah, certainly not. I've been caught out, though. I mean, I'd be lying if I said I've been towing a trailer and I've you know, been in a place that's unfamiliar to me and got caught out, because I did. I certainly did. I got caught out down in Melbourne in Cheltenham. Yep. I was lost, and it was like you know, small hours of the morning. I'm trying to get to where I needed to go many years ago now. Yep. GPS and things weren't what they are now. They weren't that flashback then. I ended up looking at the railway line and I knew what the height of my truck was, thankfully. Yep. And I could see the big sign that says this is a 4.1 metre bridge and I'm not getting under there at 4.3. Yep. Unfortunately, a couple of cars got behind me and we ended up having to back out and around the corner. I had a very embarrassing conversation with the policeman and it can happen to the best of us. But if you know your trucking height and you don't hit the bridge, all I can say to you is a little bit of embarrassment you might have explaining yourself to the policeman because you got lost yep. is a hell of a lot better than any of the other potential consequences, isn't it? Definitely. And you've just made me admit that I made a mistake while I was at work. <laughs> oh, we're all human. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose it's not so much how you, whether you make the mistake, it's how you respond to it, really, isn't it? And you just take the steps to fix it, I suppose. That's it. Yeah, and like you said, it could have been a lot worse. Well, that's right. Had you have not known the height of your truck and, and stopped in time. If I didn't name my truck and height, it would have been trucking bad. That's all I can say. <laughs> Absolutely. Mate, 12 years with Queensland Rail, you were telling me before, obviously you're looking forward to another 12 years? Definitely. They're a great company to work for and it's been, it's been great. Hmm. 12 years have been great. Another 12, here we come. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, it's one of those things, mate. You've got to find something you like doing and then you're not actually going to work. From all the dealings that I've had with Queensland Rail, I've really enjoyed working with Queensland Rail. I enjoy meeting people like you. you mate, you're doing something that is wildly different to what everyone else does. I mean, there aren't that many people in Australia that do what you do. Yeah. It's a particular skill set. Thanks for doing what you do, mate, really. Worries. <laughs> Keeping everyone safe out there on the network in Brisbane, and it's just a wonderful thing. Thanks for coming on the show and having a bit of a chat with us, Joel, and exposing yourself to my particular brand of insanity. <laughs> I hope to actually meet you in person one day, mate. Thanks very much for having me. It's great to actually have a chat about what goes on at work. A lot of people kind of don't understand what actually goes into a day at work and the kind of things that we deal with to try and keep the public safe and trains moving. And I'll tell you what, more power to you because I honestly reckon it'd drive me nuts sometimes. <laughs> but anyway. I'll have to get one of those fat controllers. So that- mate, you'll have to send me a selfie. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I'll put it up on the page. Thanks for having a joke with us, mate. Thanks for coming out on the road. No worries at all. Good on you, Joel. See you, mate. Thank you. You can me there, Andy. Yeah, mate. Got you go. Mate, we're coming up that level crossing we were talking about before. Looks like we're going to be stopping. Roger that. Look at the size of that thing. They tell me they take about two k's to stop. That's like 20 times the length of the MCG. Would want to be playing chicken with that. Yeah, copy that. They can't exactly swerve either, can they? They're stuck to the tracks, mate. <laughs> it's not that hard to wait till it's safe to cross and make sure the road's clear on the other side. Yeah, not like that bloke last week who forgot about the length of his trailer. Yeah, I heard about that one. It's not really funny, though, when you think about it. Poor old train driver. Probably been having nightmares ever since. Yeah, I reckon. We're all in the same boat, really, mate. Everyone just wants to get home safe at the end of the day. Yeah, not wrong on that one. There goes the last carriage. Looks like we're safe to head off now. Thanks, Mike. Long way to go. After you, old mate. This is a message from Queensland Rail reminding us that it's important to stay alert and obey any signs and signals when approaching level crossings to help keep you and everyone else safe. For more information, go to www.qr.com.au. On the Road is proudly brought to you by Queensland Rail, committed to improving safety through engineering, innovation and education. For more information, go to www.qr.com.au.